0: less-than-known aspects of the Beatles recorded legacy
1: I'm so tired I haven't slept a wink I'm so tired my mind is on the blink I wonder should I get up and fix myself a drink
0: Having recorded their first single for 1968 in early February, and having all returned from their retreat in India with the Maharishi by April, the Beatles started making plans to record their next album, their ninth studio effort to date. The Beatles, in particular John and Paul, were loaded up with new songs, and were eager to record them in a simpler and more authentic way especially after the excesses and enormous amounts of studio time devoted to individual tracks during 1967. George had offered his house in Isha as a place for the Beatles to gather and record some demos of their new songs, sessions which yielded nearly 30 titles, most of which would be recorded for the new album and some which would be given to others, left for future solo projects or never heard of again. George Martin recalls. When they came back from India with 30-odd songs and they wanted to record them, I I said, why don't we make a really good single album instead of a double album? No, we want to put everything down. And that was difficult because they all wanted to record together. They were kind of disintegrating. I trusted them to give me great material and they trusted me to try and make something of it. The first session for the new album commenced with a song which was the Beatles' most overtly political to this point and a precursor to the social commentary which would pervade John's solo career.
2: I wanted to put out what I felt about revolution. I thought it was about time we fucking spoke about it, the same as I thought it was about time we'd we not answering about the Vietnamese war on tour with Brian, you know, when we had to tell him we're going to talk about the war this time. We're not going to just waffle. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say what I thought about revolution. I'd been thinking about it up in the hills in India, and I still had this, you know, God will save us feeling about it. You know, it's going to be all right. But uh, that's why I did it. You know, I wanted to talk. I wanted to say my piece about revolution. You know, I wanted to tell you or whoever listens and communicate and see what what do you say. You know, this is what I said. And that's what I said. And on one version, I said, in. Uh, <laughs> About violence in or out, because I I wasn't sure. But the version we put out said, "Count me out." I think I don't fancy a a violent revolution happening all over. I don't want to die, you know. But I I begin to think that what else can happen? You know, I mean, it seems inevitable. So that's how I feel. And I know uh, the Chairman Mao I always feel a bit strange about, you know, because I thought that if they they're going to get hurt, you know, the idea was don't aggravate the pig by waving the the thing that the red flag in his face you know i really thought that you know uh, that love would save us all you know wait for
1: Tell you, a brother You'll have to wait but Don't you know it's good Destruction.
0: The Isha demo of John's Revolution, an idea which would spawn three very different versions in the coming months, two of which would appear on the new album, and one which would later be the B-side of another Beatles single. It's worth noting that the song at this stage did not feature its final fourth verse, which mentions Chairman Mao of China, something which John later regretted, and the suggestion of being counted in when it came to violence. John explains in his 1972 appearance on The Dick Cavett Show. It seems that a while back, uh, as people followed you, you were really into peace at any, not at any cost, but just very peaceful, peaceful means for the revolution. And uh, I read a, an article in Ramparts, and you were into uh, violent revolution. And now... Uh, I'm not. Well, that's, what it, that's yeah. what it stated.
2: No, the article in Ramparts was, uh, was uh, basically so... Sold- about uh, socialism, right? And uh, I don't believe in violent revolution. Yoko stated it very well, which is uh, violent revolutionaries are playing the same establishment game. I believe in uh, some of the things Jerry Rubin and AB Hoffman have done, like the theater in court kind of revolution. I believe in the, the revolution of happening and that artists, Yoko says artists don't create. A woman, any woman can create, a man can destroy with a Coke bottle, and an artist revalues. values If I'm a revolutionary, or we are revolutionaries, we're revolutionary artists, not gunmen. I believe in the Black Panther original statement, the 10-point program, which is not violent, which says, uh, to defend yourself against attack, I might consider that. Mm. But uh, uh, anything else, I don't consider. So I'm still for peace, peaceful revolutionary. But I'm an artist first. And a politician second.
0: I don't know if the article was wrong or not, but it stated you were saying in your song Revolution. What? That in your song Revolution, Yeah. Uh, you wanted to change a few of the words from count me in to count me out or count uh, me out no, to it, count I me No, I have on. both
2: versions. There's uh, uh, revolution, versions. there's three versions number one, but number two, that... and number nine. Number nine is an abstract picture of, of revolution. Number one was the single because the other boys didn't like number. No, the number two is the single because the other boys didn't like number. One, they said it wasn't fast enough, so I made it fast. And sometimes I said, count me in, count me out. The thing I regret was making a reference to Chairman Mao, which might spoil any chances I have of going to visit China, like those ping pong people do. I'd love to go and see what's happening there. And, but I wrote the Chairman Mao line in the studio because I didn't have any words. What I was trying to say to the Maoists, or anybody that wanted to change the world, why go and stand in front of a policeman with a red communist flag in your hand and a big suit and all like that? and then get hit, I thought it was unsubtle. So in the song, I wasn't putting down revolution. I was saying, isn't that a bit unsubtle? But if you want to really change the thing, do it subtly in a way that the establishment can't attack, i.e. The- theater in court and or bed events to virgins things like that, things that the establishment don't understand, therefore they can't kill it.
0: Studio Two at Abbey Road on the 30th of May saw 18 takes of the laid-back and bluesy backing track recorded for what would become Revolution One, most of which were roughly five minutes long. They featured John on acoustic guitar, Paul on piano and Ringo on his trusty Ludwig kit. Take 18, however, is where things got a bit interesting. <laughs>
2: Didn't we go? thanks. <laughs> Have one yourself. You don't run away again, do you? Go on out then. Yeah. Okay. I take two.
1: you know it's gonna be all right don't you know it's gonna be all right don't you know don't you know-
3: Maybe, even then, exposure is something that's so difficult to
4: is exposure Okay, but
0: then the great. Take eighteen of Revolution One Clocking in at more than ten minutes, the basic backing track of drums, piano and guitar on one track of the four-track tape was garnished with overdubs of two vocals by John and Paul's bass guitar. Tape sounds made by John and Yoko, a Mellotron overdub, and Paul giving an off-the-cuff rendition of Love Me Do, in a similar vein to his version of She Loves You in the Coda of All You Need Is Love, were also added in this first session. As you will have noticed, the last few chaotic minutes of that song were not wasted. Indeed, many of John's vocals and tape sounds were soon to be repurposed to create the avant-garde sound collage, of revolution nine it's also worth noting that at the same time the beatles were recording this track student demonstrations and mass strikes by workers were crippling france in their own act of revolution a perfect example of art imitating life
5: Paris. at first it looked as if things were returning to normal the capital and many other centers in france were on the move. But so too were students and other left-wing demonstrators who weren't content to let the fight for their cause, whatever it is, just peter out. Quickly, the situation reverted to ugly street warfare, with riot police giving no quarter and getting none in return. While the violent clashes were taking place in Paris, strikers reoccupied the Peugeot factory at Sochaux, Eastern France, after hours of bloody fighting, during which a man was shot dead and many injured. The Paris mob were incensed by that death. They were on the warpath. The students were using Molotov cocktails, petrol-filled bottles, which they showered on the police. Police retaliated with tear gas grenades. President de Gaulle and his ministers acted quickly. They banned all open-air demonstrations until after the elections on July 1st. They also outlawed seven anarchist and dissident communist organizations. But even as these top-level moves were being made, war raged in the streets of Paris. they began the job of cleaning up the battlefields that are the streets of a city.
2: I think our our society is run by insane people for insane objects, Mm. objectives. And I think that's what I sussed when I was 16 and 12 way down the line. But I expressed it differently all through my life. It's the same thing I'm expressing all the time. But now I can put it into that sentence that I think we're being run by maniacs for maniacal mean uh, ends, you know. If mm. if anybody can put on paper what our government and the American government, etc., and the Russian, Chinese, what they are actually trying to do, you know, and how, what they think they're doing, mm. I'd be very pleased to know what they think they're doing. I think they're all insane, you know, but I'm liable to be put away as insane for expressing that. You know, that's what's insane about it. Yeah. I mean, don't you agree? I do. I <laughs> it's night. insane, you know, it's not just a bit strange, yeah. it's just insane. And that's And nobody knows, all these people in the street sure. and that, uh, half the people watching this are going to be saying, oh, what's he saying, what's he saying? You know, that you are being run by people who are insane and you don't know.
0: The next day, the 31st of May, saw work on Revolution 1 continue. Using a reduction mix of Take 18 that we heard earlier, John, always one for experimentation, especially where the sound of his voice was concerned, re-recorded his lead vocal while lying on his back on the studio floor. 1950s style doo-wop backing vocals by John, Paul and George, his first contribution to the song thus far, were also added. These were an interesting choice considering the seriousness of the message John was trying to convey throughout the song. With the four track tape again full, another reduction mix was made, this time called Take 20. On the 4th of June, more overdubs of Paul on Lowry organ, George on electric guitar, Ringo's drums and percussion, and a series of tape loops were added. John's new girlfriend, Yoko Ono, was present in the studio with her tape recorder, making many observations of the proceedings and about life in general.
3: And um, and that's what it is, I guess. I mean, it's my paranoia too. But um, that, that's something that's frightening me. That's something that we have to face together, see what it is. And sometimes I don't know if um, I'm following you too much. Sometimes I don't know if I'm looking at you too much. And so, I used to, to, to go near you. Right now, you're in the other room, and I'm just sort of embarrassed, and I don't know if I should be coming or not. But you're in my mind all the time.
0: Excerpts from the overdub sessions onto take 20 of Revolution 1. More backing vocals were applied to this take, which involved Paul and John chirping Mama and Papa in the style of a child's talking doll. A mono remix of take 20 was made and taken away by John at the end of the session, who clearly had other plans for some parts of the recording.
2: Don't worry. Take your knickers off and let's go. (laughs) As you said. Every bit of it. Revolutionary 20.
1: You know it's gonna
4: be
3: I should put. Keep put me in it.
0: That's it for this episode. Next time, we listen in as the Beatles continue making their new album and Ringo finally records his first composition. Until next time.